I know you've been welcomed a billion times, but welcome again to the Groves. And oh, Ivor found the drums. This is the joy of having um, Family Sunday, right? Yeah, it is a joy. Let's just skip all the pretense and act like we're family. You know what I mean? Let's do that. Um, so welcome to the Groves. My name is Sonia. We're going to have a little chat today. Um, we are, uh, most of you know, we are in this room. So we're going to be in this room once a month uh, together like this. And then the other times we're going to be uh, kind of split up the way that we were last week. So we'll have a little more space. Um, and you will, deep on the remote, and a boy with a remote is a thing. Um, and the headbands. So anyway, welcome. Uh, um, Hey. Oh, yeah. He's fascinated by the speaker. So anyway, Paul's in charge of him now. So welcome. If I haven't met you, my name is Sonia. Uh, Paul and I are pastors here at the Groves, and uh, typically Paul and I kind of do a team talk. We've been kind of sharing at the same time, but today it's just me, and we're just going to talk a little bit about a classic Bible story that I hope many of you already are very familiar with. Um, and so I was trying to warm up your brains and get you on topic with the plagues quiz um, at your table. So I'll get to that in just a second. But um, anyway, we're going to talk a little bit today about the book of Exodus and about Moses and about Pharaoh. And I'm going to try real hard not to be so distracted by cuteness. Okay. <laughs> cuteness and yelling. Um, but uh, we're, we're going through the book of Hebrews. And the backdrop to the book of Hebrews is really the book of Exodus, the story of Israel. And um, we're coming up into a text in Hebrews that... Um, talks about the rebellion of Israel and so I thought what a better thing to do that you know like there's nothing better this week than to just talk about this exodus and um, getting up to that very moment of, of Israel and their struggle uh, with following God um, but we're going to just start off with the text we're just going to jump right in is that okay with you guys yeah. so we're in the book or I'm just going in the book of exodus and um, I'm going to read a little bit of the text and then you're going to talk at me about it okay, okay. we're good Thank you, Regina. Yes, this is what I'm talking about. I need that. She, she gets me, you guys. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, so I'm just going to read a little bit of the text, of, if, starting in Exodus chapter 1, verse 9, and I want you to pay attention to Pharaoh. What is he like? What is this Egyptian king like? Kids, I'm totally going to be looking your direction, too, for some words. Um, what is this king of Egypt, Pharaoh, like, and what was life like for the Israelites? Okay, so here we go. Exodus chapter 1, verse 9. Okay. Look, he said to his people, this is Pharaoh speaking. Look, he said, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, they'll join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. So they put, the slave, they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Pithom and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more that Israel was oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor and brick and mortar and with all the kinds of work in the fields and all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shifra and Puah, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. Give me some words to describe Pharaoh. Evil. Evil. Mean. mean. Paranoid. Paranoid. What was that? 
Malicious? Malicious. Other words, come on. Terrible. Terrible, yes. Decisive. Decisive, yes. Pragmatic. What was that? Pragmatic. Pragmatic. What? Sexist. Sexist, yes. Hatred. He had some hatred, yes. He was a hateful person. Insecure. Insecure, yeah. Fearful. Fearful. Funny. Funny. Thank you, Alec, from the Pharaoh, tell me about the conditions of the for the Israelites. Conditions for Israel. Scared, terrible. Depressed. Oppressed. Bondage. Yes. Yes. Ruthlessly, right? That word is used a few times here in the text. There were there was no mercy. There seems to be absolutely no mercy towards Israel. The fear was so great, right? Pharaoh's fear was so great that he did not want to leave one, one even tiny opportunity for there to be any uprising. Yes, his fear so fear. Fearful to the point that he was calling for the killing of all male babies. And, 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 yeah, well, he was Egyptian, though, so it was, a, you know, it was working out for him. Yeah. Well, this king, you guys, he's this oppressive king. He has um, brought Israel, previous to this, Israel is living with the Egyptians. If you remember, prior to this, Jacob had been in Israel, or in Egypt. He was ruling. He was trusted by the Pharaoh. That Pharaoh died. This new one came into power, didn't know Jacob, began to oppress all the Israelites, brought them under slavery, uh, um, and, and uh, working them to the bone. Um, uh, uh, killing their children and that king dies but guess what it does not get any better in fact it actually gets worse okay that king dies this new pharaoh comes he's just as bad maybe worse the cries and the despair of the oppressed Israelites are heard by God I'm going to jump to Exodus chapter 3 you guys ready okay this is new you know this whole like this I feel like I'm trying to see all of you and so anyway Thank you for experimenting with us, by the way. I love this about the groves. Thank you for enduring. Um, so Exodus chapter 3. All right, so God, so the, the Israelites are oppressed. They are in despair, and they are crying out. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt." From that passage, you guys, what do we know about God? What do we know about God? Just from that little bit. He's a nice person. He's a nice person. He's faithful. Loves his people. He loves his people. Damn, the kids, you guys. Points, points, points. He sees what we're going through. Yeah, he sees what we're going through. Exactly. What were you saying, Koa? Loveful? Is that what he said? Loveful. Yes, he is loveful. I love it. He's a loveful God. He's a loveful God. Yes. He's good. He hears us, you guys. He hears us. Now, I, I'm sure that Israel at this moment does not believe that God hears them, right? They don't really have any clue in their existence, in their experience, in that moment that God has heard. They have no idea yet. 
but God hears, right? God hears, okay? Um, what, what does God want to do? Based on this text, what does God want to do for Israel? What did, what is, She's singing it. She said save them. Oh, yeah, she's just saying save them, yeah. Is that from a musical? Or you just make that up? She made it up. Oh, high five Taylor. <laughs> yeah, so he wants to save them. What, what Nancy, you said? Uh, send them into a land of milk and honey. Yeah. Bless them. Yeah. Like, from extreme oppression, slavery, killing them, <laughs> to... A land flowing with milk and honey. And there's, this is, and the reason, God, God says this, and the, the reason he even, he hears their cries, and it says that God remembered his promise. God remembered his promise, the one that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that said, I'm going to bring you, I'm going to make your, you a nation, and I'm going to give you a land that, of milk and honey. And that's the, the idea of what? Is that it is abundant, Right? That even though they're going to have to work, even though they're going to have to do that work, it's going to produce it's going to produce. It's going to be flourishing, right? This is what God, God wants to move Israel from slavery to flourishing, right? So long story short, Moses and his brother Aaron are sent to Egypt to ask for the release of the slaves, okay? So they go, there's so much in this story, you guys. I was reading it, and there are so many details I wanted to pull out and talk to y'all. So you just need to know that we're going to go through the book of Exodus probably next, okay? So just heads up. But, um... Moses and Aaron are sent to Egypt to ask for the release of the slaves. They go to, before Pharaoh. They perform miracles and powerful signs. But not only does Pharaoh say no. In fact, he says, Pharaoh says, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. That's his response. Okay? I think along the way, Pharaoh had these opportunities to relent. Didn't he? I mean, he has these moments where he could listen to Moses and Aaron, but um, his heart is hardened, and he refuses to let them go. So... Moses and Aaron, they go to Pharaoh and they're like, let our people go. Pharaoh's like, nope, I don't even know who this God is that you're talking about. I'm not going to let them go. In fact, if you guys think that you have time to go on this little vacation out in the wilderness to worship, you probably have too much time on your hands. In fact, I'm going to make the work harder. Okay? That's what Pharaoh decides. I'm going to make this harder. You guys are making bricks. I think now we're not even going to supply what you need to make bricks. You're going to have to go get everything, the straw, all the stuff to make the bricks. Then you have to make the bricks and you're going to have to keep up with the quotas that we've already established. So the work intensifies. How do you think the Israelites feel about this? Angry. Yeah. Yeah, they're angry. And you know who they're angry at? Moses and Aaron, right? They're like, you guys, it was bad, but it wasn't this bad. You're making it worse. I was reading this story and I had this like, as someone who I, uh, working in justice issues, okay, sometimes, and as some of you are, if you're in the room and you work on issues where you're working on liberating and you want freedom for people, everybody hates you, right? This is what's happening with Moses and Aaron. Nobody likes him because, because it doesn't, it still doesn't look like God's on their side. It still doesn't look like God's going to actually bring them into this this land of milk and honey. It still doesn't look like it. Right now, Israel's mad at them. Pharaoh's like, mm-mm, I'm not going to let them go. Nobody is liking Moses and Aaron. Nobody is, is believing the message that they, they were sent with, right? Um, so these, you know, these freedom fighters, Moses and Aaron, they, they successfully made the situation for the slaves even worse, okay? So God sends Moses. He's like, Mo- God sends Moses back to Israel, to the Israelites, to the slaves. And he's like, And he's like, I have a message. Tell them this, okay? And he says, I am the Lord, and I will free you from the burdens of the Egyptians and deliver you from slavery. 
I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. You shall know I am the Lord your God who has freed you from the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into a land that I swore to give to your to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'll give it to you for possession. I am the Lord. So Moses gave this message. Look, this is what I'm going to do. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to free you from all of this. He told the Israelites. But you know what the text says? And this just hit me so hard when I was reading this. It says they would not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and their cruel slavery. Man, that, I just, that punched me. And it, it, it woke me up to the reality, right? And we know this and we've experienced this. Sometimes we, as, as we might be wanting to give good news, right? But if someone is under, right? If someone is really depressed, if someone is in the thick of it, you can't, sometimes, we you know, we can't even hear the good news, right? Yeah. Like when I'm in the middle of a mess, when I'm feeling hurt, when I'm broken, when I'm the one in pain, the good news doesn't really sound like good news, does it? We can't even hear it sometimes. It doesn't even, it doesn't even pierce through. But, and, and, and I, I mean, and then we all know in this room, even though we have, we have, we can, we can begin to um, relate in a way um, I, just imagine the oppression, years of slavery, generations of slavery, right? And um, uh, just how heavy and how broken and how, how, how wearying it was. And this is what oppression does. This is what power unchecked does, right? This is what oppression does. It breaks our spirits and it drives out hope. They were hopeless, right? Um, the slaves wanted Moses to quit. They're like, it was better before you arrived, right? But here's the thing to remember, you guys. God had something better in mind. God had something better in mind. Um, uh, he had something better in mind than just manageable slavery. And, and I would say, as I was reading this text, it reminded me, you know what? In our own lives, wherever we're at, whatever's going on, I still believe wherever we are on that path, God has even more freedom for us. <laughs> God has even more good things for us. There's continued liberation to be had in our lives, right? He, he, even if we're like, oh, it's okay. You know what? There's even more freedom that we can have in our lives. There's even more that he has for us. God is going to be faithful to his promise, uh, to his promises. And um, he is going to, uh, even with, even when Israel doesn't believe, even when the messengers of the freedom are reluctant and they don't want to be a part of it, God is still going to be faithful to his promise. Um, which is really powerful, too, to think that God is faithful to his promise no matter what. God is faithful no matter what. In spite of us, sometimes. Okay, so Pharaoh and the rest of Egypt, they don't want to lose their workforce, right? I mean, nobody wants to get rid of All those people are doing all the hard work. It, it, Pharaoh doesn't want to get rid of that. Egypt doesn't want to see that going. So, um... So, excuse me. So, um, uh, Moses and Aaron have to keep pleading with Pharaoh, and this is where we have the ten plagues. So, tables, how did we do on the plagues? We got nine. We got nine. Nine? You don't have to do them in order. Zero. Zero. Go All right, this table has ten. Why don't you guys list them off, and then everyone else can check. Uh, pressure. Yeah, pressure. <laughs> I hope they're right. Water turned to blood. Yep, water turned to blood. Frogs. Frogs. Boils. Boils. Flies. Flies. Hail. Hail. Uh, locusts. Locusts. Gnats. Gnats. Darkness. Darkness. Livestock dies. And yep. the death angel. And the death angel. 
Okay, let me just look here. I feel like I went frogs. Uh, actually, the livestock and the death angel are kind of one combined. Okay. Anybody have one that was not on their list? Is it is it flies and gnats are separate? No, flies and gnats are the same, but there's another yeah creature, lice. Y'all, yeah. lice. We can all we all know lice is a curse. <laughs> Ten plagues. Ten plagues. Just for fun, here's something interesting to note. In the ten plagues, the first five, the text says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. And the last five, it says God hardened his heart. Interesting. You can just chew on that over lunch today. Um, so it took until nine plagues. It took till the tenth plague after the final, the death of the firstborn of all of Egypt, that Pharaoh, and it even says this, Pharaoh was not even moved by the death of the firstborn. What it was is that he feared his own life. He was like, well, if this is where we're at now, the next one, right? It just kind of shows how not good he was, right? What a, a horrible uh, uh, yeah, person, a horrible leader that he was. So freeing his own life, he finally relents and he releases all the Hebrew slaves. So this is Max S. Exodus, Moses, okay, all the men, all the women, all the children. I mean, I can't even, I packing up my three kids just to come down the hill to church is hard, right? So if you can just imagine men, women, children, livestock, and not only livestock, the Egyptians were so, like, ready for all of those people to, uh, for all of Israel to leave, that they're like, here, take all of our stuff. We don't even want, like, they're just handing them, they, without even working, Israel plundered the Egyptians. So they're, all the things that they're taking with them, all of that stuff, and they're leaving Egypt, okay? Following Moses, leaving Egypt. Um, but as they are leaving, and as they are on their way out, Pharaoh has a change of heart, right? He has one of those, my workforce just left. Like, all of these people are gone. We've got nothing. We've been plundered. You know what? We're powerful. We have chariots. We have horses. We are just going to go after the, after Israel. Okay? So the Hebrews, they're all, like, heading out. In fact, God, the text says that God brought them a different way. There was a shorter route, but they would have had to go to war to go through, and he knew that their hearts were just so discouraged that they wouldn't be able to endure that. So God takes them kind of a roundabout way, and he brings them up to the Red Sea, okay? So he brings them up to the Red Sea, and, and, and Israel's camping out there, and what does Israel see coming but six, you know, 600 chariots and horses, and Pharaoh's armies are coming after them and surrounding them from all sides. So just imagine, if you will, the chaos, Right? The insanity of what has just been happened. The maybe, maybe your heart is just beginning to hope that something good is finally going to happen, right? And and you're like, oh, we're free. We're really free. We're we're free, you know. And you're standing by that water, and all of a sudden you see, you begin to notice that you are surrounded on every side by your enemy. That's just gonna get. That's just ready to crush you. And all there is is water on the other side. What are you gonna do? Like, are they swimmers? I don't know. It doesn't seem like that was one of their options <laughs> that they were looking at. Okay? So here we go. Pharaoh has a change of heart. I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 14. Y'all ready? Okay. Here we go. The Red Sea. Exodus 14, verse 5. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the minds of Pharaoh and his officials were changed towards the people, and they said, What have we done letting Israel leave our service? So he had his chariot made. He took his army with him. He took 600 picked chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over them. Ugh. 
The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the Israelites who were going out boldly. Oh, they were going out boldly. Oh, man. Enemy likes to crush our boldness, you guys. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, his chariot drivers and his army. They overtook them, camped by the sea. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and there were Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt you've taken us to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians, for it would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Oh, man. Are we, do, are humans not the same humans? I mean, I could relate to this text. God, you brought me out here just so I could die, right? You brought me this, right? The, that, oh, man, the hopeless, right? The fear, the hopelessness. Like, you're, yes, you're suffocating, right? And, and, and it's worse, it's gone worst case scenario. And when it's worst case scenario, you hate your leaders, don't you? It's like, you just turn, like in one second, you know, liberator turned, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you know? And, you guys, isn't this the truth too? We're like, that slavery starts looking real good. Doesn't it? Like, we're on the road to freedom, right? But we hit a little thing and we're like, you know what? It was better over there. It was better back in Egypt. Okay, we have that same human response. But Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. Who's going to accomplish it? The Lord. The Lord. Who's going to accomplish it? The Lord. Yeah, the Lord. The Lord's going to accomplish it. For the Egyptians who you see today, you will never see again. Foreshadow, you know. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. How many of you know when you're fearful, it's hard to keep still? I go into, like, action mode. I'm, like, plotting all the ways this could go and all the things that I can do in response to it. Right? I'm starting to take action. I'm setting things in motion. You know, things are going bad. I'm sending my, my job. I'm sending out new resumes. Right? Like, this is, we just go into action mode. And God's like, I'm going to fight this for you. You just have to keep still. Okay? Then the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? So, this is interesting. So, Mo- Moses, you know, biblical hero, right? He's calling out to the Lord, too. He's like, Are you kidding me? You know, like, you, uh, I, I'm doing everything you told me to do, and here we are, you know? Um, uh, thanks a lot, God. Um, that, that was just my, um, <laughs> so the Lord said to, the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward. I'm sure Moses is like, you notice there's a sea there, right? You know, <laughs> tell Israelites to go forward, but you will lift up your staff. You will stretch out your hand over to the sea and divide it that the Israelites may go into the sea on dry ground. Man. Okay, do you love how God doesn't reveal the how until you desperately need to know? How many of you just love that about God, <laughs> right? He's like, I, I imagine Moses like, well, had you told me this is what you were going to do, I wouldn't have been worried all this time, right? This is so human, isn't it? And this is so how God is. Who are we to trust in? God, right? Not our environment, not even our own faith in God. We're not even supposed to trust in our own ability to trust God. We just are supposed to trust him and trust that he's going to do whatever he's going to do. And as it turns out in this case, he's going to just divide a sea, somehow create this dry land, and they're going to cross on over it. Um, And I just, yeah, man, God, he's, it's, 
scary in the moment. It is, does not feel good in the moment. When we look back and we tell the story, you're like, oh man, Red Sea, that's an awesome story. You know what? If you're an Israelite, if you're Moses in the moment, not awesome. No. Not so awesome. It's scary. So you just need to know that if you're in a situation that's scary, if you're in a situation that seems overwhelming, it might just be right for God to like, you know, it's parting some kind of Red Sea. Okay. Yes, Regina. Yes, Regina. I thought of you this week, so this is it. All right. Here we go. Verse 17. Verse 17. Verse 17 says, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go after them. You're like, what? I will harden the Egyptians so that they will go after them. And so I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots and his chariot drivers. Over Pharaoh, all of it. Okay? The angel of, the, the angel of God who was going before the Israelite army moved and went behind them. The pillar and cloud moved in front of them and took its place behind them. All right? They're surrounded by what? The glory of God. Come on. Come on. Oh. All right. So uh, the cloud moved, it, became, it, it came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel so that the cloud was there in the darkness and it lit up the night. No one came near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. Come on. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on the right and on their left. I, I, I can't, can you even imagine what that would have been like? I mean, I imagine Dominic reaching into the water, touching fish, right? I mean, I don't know where I just, it's just crazy to think about. Anyway, it was like an aquarium kind of experience, but magical. How powerful. How God, powerful. Okay, verse 23. Why can't we do that today? That's a great question. Yes, yeah, the Willamette. After this, we're going to the Willamette. We're just gonna try a couple things. Oh, a tire. <laughs> yeah, a tire. Don't touch the water; it's sewage. Yeah, it'll be great. All right. Oh yeah, they fixed that. You can swim in it now. I don't mean to say disparaging words about the Willamette. All right. Verse 23, verse 23, we're wrapping up here. The Egyptians pursued and they went into the sea after them, all Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. As the morning watch, at the morning watch, the Lord, the Lord, the pillar of fire and cloud, looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their chariot tires so that they turned with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against us. Okay. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers and the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained, but the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Yes. Big points. This is the wrap up, okay? 
Big points. In all of these biblical stories, God is the hero every time. God is the hero. He's the one to be known. He's the one who gets the glory. It's not the human figure. And if we are really honest and we look at the human figure, the human figure is human. Right? Fallible. Moses was the reluctant. I mean, at one point, God actually was like, I'm just going to get rid of Moses. I'm not even going to use him anymore. That's how irritating Moses was to God. Right? But God is like, I'm going to use humans. I'm going to use humans to do this stuff. So thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to be perfect for him to use us for liberating messages in our world. Yes? God is the hero. He's the one to be known. He's the one who gets all the glory. Number two, we as humans have always struggled to trust on the journey to what God has promised. Okay? So don't feel alone in it. Don't feel like, wow, my faith is so weak. Or, wow, I'm so disappointed. Like, don't. This is human. This is how we've always been. We struggle to trust on the journey to what God has promised us. But he has freedom for our lives. And so this morning, I just want to ask you, what has you feeling trapped, bound, or enslaved? What is it? What is it? Is it a job? Is it a relationship? Is it an addiction? Is it what are the things that have bound you or have you feeling trapped or enslaved? God's intent for your life is freedom. God's intent for your life is freedom. What we know from scripture is that that journey to freedom includes what looks like setbacks, you guys. Okay? It looks like an army of people in all of nature working against you. That is the journey to freedom. So don't be discouraged along the way. You're still on the journey to freedom. And who's going to do the fighting for you? God. God is going to do the fighting for you. Regina, fire over there. Oh, my goodness. I should have taken this one with her. Yes. All right. So even after you guys, and here's the thing. We're, start, we're stopping at the Red Sea, which is a big moment. But you know what? It's like two chapters later, and it's all phew. Okay? Even after big miracles, moments of freedom, there are more challenges. Okay? So celebrate. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just saying this is the journey to freedom. This is the journey to the thing that God has promised us, okay? And what we can know for sure is even when we become discouraged, even when we fall short, God does not ever forget his promises. And he's, he's going he's gonna to get it done because that is God. He is faithful and he is certain, okay? We can carry hope for what is ahead. And we're not alone because we have Christ who has overcome every power and every enemy, even death. Okay, you guys, every enemy from paper that cuts my finger to death, okay, God has, Jesus has overcome. This is the powerful message we've been studying in Hebrews, right? Hebrews chapter 2, Jesus shared in our humanity so that by death he can break the power of the one who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and can free all of those whose lives were held in slavery. That's what Jesus can do. This is what we're studying in Hebrews, you guys. This is what we just went last week. All right? He entered into every detail of human life, Jesus did. Every detail. All right? So that when he came before God as high priest, he could be the one to mediate for all of our sins. All right? He's already experienced everything himself, all the pain and all the testing. And the text says he will be able to help us when we are in need. Okay? That's who Jesus is. That's who we can trust this morning. Okay? So, by faith, you guys, by faith. Okay? We are living, as Paul said, and this is Paul Gibbs's phrase over here, okay, by faith. We are living an already life in a not yet world. Yeah? We're, already, we're living the life of the milk and honey, right? <laughs> we're living that in this not yet world. And know that God can be trusted to keep his promises even when it doesn't look like it. Okay? God is still at work on your behalf. Jesus is mediating on your behalf. The Holy Spirit is with you to comfort you, to give you courage, to help you and guide you all along the way. All right? We are supported. You are not alone. We are not alone. The future, you guys, our future is freedom. 
and your destiny is security in God. Okay? That's where we're headed. All right? So um, let's pray this morning, shall we? Yeah. Okay. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for stories that are uh, familiar to us, God. And I pray this morning that you, uh, I just thank you, God, because you are beginning to liberate us. You are beginning to set us free. You have us on a journey towards you, God, that is freedom, that is life, that is joy, that is peace, that is good. And God, as we continue to walk with you, as we continue to walk towards you, as we are surrounded by you, by your presence, God, we just want to... um, We just want to acknowledge you. We want to thank you, God. We want to recognize that it's your work. It's it's all you. You're the one who started this work in us. You're the one who's going to be faithful to finish it all. So we just want to give you all the thanks and all the praise for it. God, I pray this morning that wherever there are worries, wherever there are fears, wherever there is anxiety, wherever there is weight, God, that your word would eradicate all of that, that your word would set us free, that your love would come and transform our hearts and our minds in you. Wherever we are enslaved, trapped, or scared, Jesus, we pray you would come. Let your presence liberate us and change us. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for everything that you're doing in us and through us. In Jesus' name.